The dust filled his eyes, his lungs, and covered everything. Walking through the desert of New Mexico, archaeologist Frank C. Hibben of the University of New Mexico followed his guide. The guide promised a big discovery. Hibben had a Ph.D. in anthropology and was a specialist in archaeology of the southwest United States, focusing on Native American cultures. On this particular day in 1936, he was following a story. A story from his guide that he found a stone with bizarre writing on it in 1880. The stone was on the side of a mountain. When the two reached the stone, Hibben stood in awe. He ran his hand over the carving. The flattened basalt surface connected to a massive boulder on the side of Hidden Mountain in Las Lunas, New Mexico. The symbols were written in Paleo-Hebrew. Welcome to Quill and Dagger, where we discuss things. This time, it's the Ten Commandments in New Mexico. I'm your host, Jay. Please give us five stars on the platform you're listening to. It helps us move up and reach more listeners. And with a new cast, we need everyone's help. If you want to help in other ways, you can go to our Patreon page and donate. This will help us get the right gear for the best experience, like podcast Smell-O-Vision. That's enough business for now. Let's get into the Lost Lunas Decalogue Stone. So who is this archaeologist that first wrote about the stone? Frank Cumming Hibben. Born December 5, 1910 in Lakewood, Ohio, he became interested in archaeology as a child, working summers at digs in the area. He received his bachelor's degree in archaeology from Princeton, no less, in 1933, and a master's degree in zoology from the University of New Mexico in 1936. While a graduate student at the University of New Mexico, he was put in charge of the university's archaeology collections, which would eventually become the Maxwell Museum of Anthropology. He returned east for a year and attended Harvard, not too shabby, earning a Ph.D. in anthropology. He did this in 1940, and then he returned back to the University of New Mexico, where he taught until his retirement. Now, Hibben, he's no stranger to controversy, and this stone was no different. Now, the first time controversy appeared in his life was when he claimed to have found a deposit of pre-Clovis artifact. Time out. Now, the Clovis culture is a prehistoric Paleo-American culture named for the stone tools used. Found mostly in the Great Plains of America, the Clovis period stretched from 13,000 to 11,000 years ago. Pre-Clovis is a few thousand years older, so we're talking really old. Play ball. So Hibben claimed to find pre-Clovis artifacts, including projectile points, which he called Sandia points, while exploring the Sandia Cave near Albuquerque. He believed that the layer of sediment the Sandia points were in to be about 25,000 years old, much older than the Paleo-Indian cultures previously documented in the Southwest. Included in this sediment were bones of Pleistocene species such as camels, mastodons, and horses. Now this discovery is not a problem. The problem is this. The items, specifically the Sandia points, their authenticity was called into question following radiocarbon dating. The idea of a pre-Clovis Sandia man culture occupying the southwest is no longer accepted by professional archaeologists. Another time, in 1943, Hibben described a trip to Chinita Bay on the west side of the Cook Inlet in Alaska. There, he reportedly found Yuma-like projectiles. Now, Yuma's in 
California, way south in the desert. Yuma-like projectiles like those at the site in New Mexico, and a projectile similar to those made by the Folsom culture, who lived about 10,000 years ago on the High Plains region of North America. A later investigation of the geology of the Chinita Bay Using notes, photos, and directions provided by Hibben, the group, they found the location, and it appears as if the projectile points, mammoth bones, had all accumulated during the late Holocene in a, quote, muddy intertidal environment. So like a giant soup pot that just collected bones for thousands of years. As a result, it was concluded the points were not associated with any Paleo-Indian culture, and the identification of the bones as being mammoth is it's a little questionable. Now, the one we're talking about today, it was actually the second incident when you look at the timeline. It's the Decalogue Stone, or as we've been calling it, the Ten Commandments in New Mexico. Now, don't start thinking that Frank C. Hibben is a fraud. This man, his research on Southwestern cultures is second to none. He's a graduate of Harvard, Princeton, and the University of New Mexico, where he was a professor and later a head of the department. This guy was not a hack archaeologist. He was not like Indiana Jones running out and destroying everything to get the one thing he wanted. He was the real deal, which makes the Decalogue Stone that much more compelling. Now, the Lost Lunas Decalogue Stone is a carving of nine lines of text in a large, flattened basalt surface connected to a massive boulder. Now, the translation. Here's the translation. I am Yahweh, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of slavery. You will have no other gods before me. You will not make for yourself an idol. You will not take the rest, Sabbath, to keep it holy. Honor your father and your mother in order that your days may be prolonged upon the land, which Yahweh your God gave to you. You will not murder. You will not commit adultery. You will not steal. You will not answer deceptively against your neighbor. You will not covet the wife of your neighbor or anything which belongs to your neighbor. Now, the inscription was first thought to be Paleo-Hebrew. It's actually a combination of Hebrew, Greek, and Phoenician, and possibly more. And due to the stone's weight of 80 tons, it has never been moved to museum or a laboratory for study and safekeeping. And many visitors to the stone have polished it, likely destroying any possibility of scientific analysis of the inscription's patina. That's the level of oxidation in the materials that, that forms on things left outside. Now, geologist George E. Morehouse estimated that the inscription could be between 500 and 2,000 years old, explaining that its lack of patina is due to recent cleaning of the stone. So he thinks it's an old thing. When the script was studied, there, there's, there's too many errors found in the, the way it was written from out-of-line orders, like you had line one, and then line two, and then line three, there's an arrow from line three that points back up to line one because it's in the wrong order. That sounds like something, you know, my 13-year-old would do, saying, you know, this should go there. It appears to be a fake, but the question really is not whether or not it's a fake, I think it's a fake, but why? Why would someone go through the trouble of creating this stone? It wasn't easy think about it. You have to find the location. You have to find the stone. Create a smooth face for carving and then carve it. At best, if we believe the guide, it was there in 1880. 
Think about trying to carve a stone on the side of a mountain in New Mexico in 1880 with, well, pretty much a chisel and a hammer. I don't think it was really done that way, but <laughs> British archaeologist Keith Fitzpatrick Matthews concludes that, quote, viewed dispassionately, the Lost Lunas inscription is a clear but well-constructed forgery for its day. Despite the claims of high antiquity, there are features of the text, such as the mixing of letters, forms between two separate alphabets, that are much more likely to derive from the work of a modern forger than an ancient Hebrew or Sumerian scribe. Fitzpatrick Matthews speculates that the lost Luna inscription is a forgery, probably by members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, who enlisted in the United States Army in the latter part of the 19th century. His claim is based on supposition that the fact that the religious band, sometimes called the Mormon Battalion, was in the region during the time. However, there is no evidence of such a forgery by the Mormon Battalion. Now, there, there is a legend, and you know how colleges love to have legends. There's a, a legend or tradition at the University of New Mexico that the bedrock near the stone has an inscription with the name Eva and Hob, or Hobie, 31330. It is believed that Eva and Hobie were archaeology students at the university and created the stone as a hoax. It was a joke. It's like their senior prank. But if it wasn't them, who? Who then would walk out into the New Mexico desert and carve the Ten Commandments in an ancient languages on a rock? An interesting note on that, archaeologists found no evidence of any type of settlement or even a campsite. No ash from a fire, no trash, nothing you would expect from a site like this. Usually they would they would show up and they would build their camp and then they would spend the time to do the carvings and then you would expect there to be trash and ash and the stuff left over from the camp that the inscriber and his assistants stayed at. But none of that existed. So it wasn't there. That's like a big you know, alarm bell. So let me get to my final thoughts here. There, there are many instances in America where stones have been found with ancient inscriptions from Hebrew to Norse runes to, uh, what was the other one? Cherokee. And, and none have survived the scrutiny of science. If anything, the lost Luna Decalogue stone is a notable in its enchantment of the imagination and how all of it came to pass. The discovery is, well, it's like a movie. Its existence is a question that will never be answered. Well, unless you think like me. And then it was Eva and Hobie. No question. Those two, whoo, gotta watch out for them. Thank you for listening to Quill and Dagger. Help us get out there in the podverse. Give us five stars on your platform of choice, and you can help through Patreon. Thanks for listening. Next time, Number Stations. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. This episode was written by Jay. It was edited by K. Sound editing by Jay. And art by G. Someday we'll have full names if we can afford them. Have a great day.